1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 211 and I am one of your hosts, Ari Meisel. And I'm your other host, Nick Sonnenberg. And together we are the Less Doing team. (laughs) No, we're not going to go that far. We don't have a new jingle or anything. Uh, So today's interview was with... Catherine Laveri of a company called Best Self, and they have the Best Self Journal, basically. So it, this is sort of like the five minute journal on steroids. I showed it to you, right? You saw This it. is like climate journal plus a scheduling component. Kind of, to yeah. It? So there's like a mindfulness aspect, a meditative aspect to it, and then basically planning out a 90 day project, which is really cool. So it was a good interview. I like what they created. You know, this is one of those tools, and I talk about this in interview with her, but it's one of those tools that if it works for you, it works extremely well. Uh, I'm not the kind of person who does great with things that are pen and paper a lot of times, honestly, which is fine. And that's, it's good. I mean, everyone should have these tools that are available to them in one way or another. So
0: I just started doing Five Minute Journal, which right yeah. now is paper. You have to handwrite it. And I think they have an app that's coming out in the next week or two. Yeah. I'm, I am in general more of an electronic person too, but they do, like a lot of people do swear by, you know, physically writing something. Yeah. Re, like getting deeper in your, in your mind. But, I don't, know if that, I don't know if I can relate to that either. I would way rather it be electronic. It's easier to search. I don't have to travel with my book. If I'm traveling, I can do it from my phone. So
1: Yeah, so the only times that I have found a real benefit from using pen and paper, honestly, is like when I'm on a plane that doesn't have Wi-Fi. And then I'll, I will I will do this. I'll take like a, a, a pad of paper or whatever, and I'll just brainstorm and just brain dump the whole time. And I've gotten some good stuff out of that. But then I usually end up just taking a picture of it and sending it to a VA or something to transcribe. Yeah, for me, the only paper and pen stuff is like
0: when I was trading and I'd like have an, a, an idea for like a trading algorithm. like That I would write out on a piece of paper and pen because you can't really do that sure. on, on the computer. But other
1: than that, a computer does pretty good. Yeah. So, okay. So let's get to the link. So the first one is from our good friend, Tom Hadfield from Fetch. So I was a big proponent of Fetch. I was an advisor of Fetch. And as many, uh, as some of you probably know, they, they ended up not working out as a company, unfortunately, because I think that they were doing something really, really important and well. But Tom has a new venture called Prompt App. I'm going go to probably have a different angle on why this is interesting to me, but you remember seeing this, right? Mm-hmm. So basically what Prompt App allows you to do is Via text, so you're texting, or you can do it through uh, Slack or through Telegram or through HipChat. Essentially, what they've created is a bot for everything. That's kind of the idea here. So you can message it and tell it to order you an Uber or pay somebody via PayPal or find out local showtimes or turn off your Nest thermostat at home. Like they really want it to be an interface to thousands of different things. So in, in theory, I think this is a great thing. Um, the problem that I have with it, first of all, is that you have to basically end up remembering a lot of different commands, which I think is a problem for some people. Does it autocomplete? Like mm-hmm. if you do at not you, not using text, you know.
0: So, uh, well, it could, some some of the other companies like do like special keyboards.
1: Is this, it a special this, keyboard, or no. it's literally just it's using just it's just your messaging with a particular thing? But the thing that I do like about this. Is that in my never ending quest to sort of simplify things, you could use the texting service basically or, you know, texting on your phone and not, and you could essentially not have to have several apps, which I like that idea if you're not using things a lot. The other thing is that what this allows you to do is use a feature phone. And some of you may not know, but a feature phone is the opposite of a smartphone. So it's one of the, you know, like a Nokia basic phone that you can just text with. It makes it so that you can use a phone like that. And whether that is your primary phone, which a lot of people in a lot of countries have as their primary phone, they don't have necessarily smart devices, uh, or you can have it as a backup and you can still access and use all of these services. So I, I think it's interesting for that. Um, on the other side, the more tech side of this, you can do it through Slack. So you can message in Slack and say like, hey, turn off my Nest thermostat or order me a pizza uh, which the reason I like that also is because it allows us to stay in one communication me- medium to access all these services. So
0: there's so many articles out right now that these bot- like bots are the next thing and it's going to kill a lot of apps. Re- pretty much you're just going to need a bot and Calvin to run everything. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Calvin will be a bot, right? <laughs> so it's interesting and I'm li- I'd like to see where it goes. It's a, it's a great idea. I, I, I want to play around with it. Yeah. So the next one, this is a fascinating one. So this is called ReCharge. And it's kind of like Breather. So I've talked about Breather before on the uh, on the podcast. I love Breather, and what Breather does is allows you to. And, and Julian Smith, who is the founder, has been on the podcast. It allows you to book rooms by the hour in in several major cities, and you can uh, use them for work or for meetings, or even if you just want to take a nap. And they're all really nicely designed, like offices. Recharge allows you to do the same thing but with hotel rooms. I mean,
0: when I lived in Asia, in Tokyo, there was love hotels all over the place. Pretty much the same thing.
1: Well, love, right, so that's my <laughs> first thought, right? So basically what they're saying is you can book a hotel room by the minute, and you can nap or shower when you want. Now, this is, I mean, it's a great idea. I think it's very less doing. It's its like if you, where I would say using this is if I take a red-eye flight into uh, LA, you know, and I get in at one in the morning, and I just need a couple hours, basically, to, net, to nap and take a shower before I go speak at 7 in the morning. It's fantastic. However, I do see this as, like, there's a big risk of people using this for illicit purposes, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that's
0: the main reason I could see anyone using it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, think that, I think that the illicit one's more of a use case than, like, you having a red eye. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> I, I, but I think it's a great idea. I mean, like, a lot of people, I mean, anytime you can utilize something that's not being utilized is a good thing in my opinion yeah so, exactly like, a misallocated like, resource yeah it. like like Airbnb like you know people were just going to go on vacation and their apartments would sit empty not being utilized and now they're utilizing it so these hotel rooms that wouldn't be utilized they are utilizing it so I think it's a good thing
1: it's an efficiency for sure so I, it's cool and I, I, I'm not completely sure where it's available right now honestly but it's somewhere San Francisco in San Francisco I, I just, obviously I, I just joined the wait list yeah <laughs> um so the next thing is called trim and i've actually seen like four or five services come out like this in the past month um but i've used trim and basically it's it's a text-based service again and you connect with your credit card uh statement i think in your bank and basically it'll identify subscriptions so things that you're paying for monthly and it's something one of those things that people tend to forget about or they might have signed up for some subscription they're not aware of and this gives you by text the whole list your Hulu subscription, your Netflix, your cable, your Con Ed, everything. And then you can respond and tell it to cancel certain ones of it, and it will cancel the ones you don't want. How much want. does it cost? It's free right now. How do they make money? I don't know right now, honestly. Maybe they're going to have a different model at some point. But uh, it was cool because it popped up and it said you have like $639 in uh, monthly subscriptions. And there were three things. Actually, that's really funny. The example that they give on the website is this guy who canceled his Rocket Lawyer subscription. That was the first thing I used them for. I had signed up for a subscription without realizing it. Rocket Lawyer, by the way, is a great service, but are I you have to
0: pay a monthly fee for Rocket Lawyer.
1: If you want to, no, you don't have to. You can pay $10 for one document. Oh, and for people listening, Rocket Lawyer basically allows you to create legal documents very quickly and cheaply. And you can pay $10 to get one or you can pay $40 for unlimited documents over mm-hmm. the month. So I, I guess I had accidentally signed up for the subscription and they canceled it. Sure. So are you still using BillGuard? I do use BillGuard every day. I use BillGuard every single day to monitor my transactions because you can just swipe right and left. And instead of reviewing my credit card bill at the end of the month and going through, you know, 200, literally 200 transactions, I do five or six a day. And it's great. I, I really love it. This one I just thought was fun. So this is an article in The Hustle about, uh, it says, meet the people making a full-time living from Instagram, Kickstarter, and Teespring. And the reason that I want to bring this up is because I, I've talked about this on a few episodes and with some of my coaching clients about how Every one of us, I really think that most of us who are doing interesting things in our lives, there's some content there that you could be creating and sharing, right? Whether it's uh, coming up with a workout every day or something you cook every day or just something you know that you can share. So these are people making a full-time living on different social media platforms. So we have Stephen... Uh, I'm not trying to pronounce that, sorry He's 23 years old, he's launched 10 successful projects On Kickstarter since he was a college student At UCLA And basically has a full-time living He earns a full-time living at Kickstarter His company's called Elliot Havoc uh, The first thing that they created was the Dash 1.0 Which is a really cool wallet It was an RFID slim wallet There's the guy, Zach Brown, who raised $55,000 For the potato salad recipe on uh, Kickstarter Remember that? No, that's yeah. Crazy. He, it was a joke and it, it ended up working out uh, so Kickstarter is a big one. Airbnb. You would know about this too. Like Airbnb is a great thing that people end up using to put their condos on um, on Airbnb and then they can make a, they can make a full time living as a landlord. I don't know what you're talking about. Well no no no, <laughs> I don't but I mean you you yeah you've yeah, explored yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: um, I, have you seen the the woman that has made millions on YouTube for
1: opening up kids' toys? Are you kidding me? My kids love that stuff. It's Disney Collector. Yeah. It's it, she's making five million dollars a year. She was also an ex porn star, by the way. It turns out um, she's Brazilian, but yeah. So there's that. PewDiePie is the one who makes the most. He makes like seven million a year just doing uh, reviews of video games. Uh, Udemy is another one, and I'm on Udemy. You know, you can create co- courses and sell them on Udemy. YouTube, we just mentioned. There's uh, actually that that is PewDiePie, uh, and then there was one that I thought was really funny on Instagram. So, which I I thought was funny, but. Apparently, you can make a ton of money on Instagram with, like, recipes or by showing makeup techniques, essentially. So, like, this one girl, uh, her name is Alessandra Mafucci. She ended up getting a published cookbook out of her Instagram account and posting photos and stuff. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, Marnie the dog... If you can end up getting advertisement, um, and then there was one that I wanted to share. That was, I think, it was on the Vine. There's a guy on Vine who makes, you know, there's like seven second videos or whatever, or six second videos, and he makes. I think he gets like a hundred thousand dollars to put a product in his Vine videos. So yeah, anyway, it's just something to explore if you have something interesting to share. Uh, and then there's an article on Barking Up the Wrong Tree about mindfulness, and basically it's about five steps of mindfulness. There's a whole long thing, but the summary is, and I believe in mindfulness meditation, by the way, I really do. I think that it's really in line with what less doing teaches and the optimization part in general, and specifically in terms of becoming aware of what's happening to us, right? I
0: mean, we were just talking about picture for the new um, less doing site, right? And we were talking about that picture that we have on less with the calm water yes. Which is all about like the feeling that we're trying to get the feeling that's that true. we give to people, right? It's just it's just mindfulness or calmness or a sense less less anxiety.
1: Right, yeah, that's true. So what they basically say, these are sort of the sum up is they say you should watch your mind for five minutes, basically. So just be alone with your thoughts, which it's it's not as easy as it sounds. Sometimes it takes just five minutes to just sort of like See what happens in your head. Uh but the one that I like the best out of actually I'll come back to that. I'll give you one out of I'll come back to that. Uh, one is that they say don't just react to thoughts to so ask yourself, is it useful? And that's something that I definitely have a hard time with. I tend to be very reactionary towards certain things. Um and I think it is a good thing to sort of take a pause, take a breath and say, like, is is it useful? But the last one, which really speaks to cognitive behavioral therapy and then going back from that stoicism, is that you are not your thoughts. So if you Basically, the example they give is if you had a broken arm, you wouldn't say, I am broken. And the thing is, is that bad things happen and good things happen in our lives. And our reaction to them is, is truly our choice. And in some ways, that's more difficult in certain situations. But that's because we've been conditioned to react to things in certain ways. And you can change the way that you respond to those stimuli. So if you have negative thoughts, it doesn't mean that you're a negative person. Uh, it just means that you need to reframe things in some cases. So I I like that. I also just love anything that Eric Barker puts up on his website. Now, a couple less doing things. The first thing is that we are really, really focused on getting the virtual assistant service just to be the the best service anybody's ever used. And so far, we're having a pretty good run of it, I have to say. We're, We're working on some really interesting projects. We're taking on A lot of really cool clients doing really cool things. And it's been feeding really well into our brand new product, which is the Business Bootcamp. So we don't even have a webpage for you to go to yet. If you're interested, you can email nickatlessdoing.com. But essentially, the Business Bootcamp is going to do for your business what Less Doing has done for your life over the last five years. We want to shorten the gap between idea and execution and make everything about your company more effective. So that's one of the main things we're working on. The other thing now is that We've been really collaborating together, Nick and I, on making Calvin a really special experience in your life, too, in terms of getting you not only to be able to schedule things easier, but to schedule more, honestly, because a big part of less doing is obviously freeing up your time so you can do the things that you want but now we want to fill that with things that you actually do want to do definitely so i've been an advisor for calvin for a long time now but nick has gotten the app to a point now where it is honestly i can say objectively it is really awesome uh the the way it's designed the 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 things it allows you to do and i actually use it now so we've been working on a really a lot now to get us to collaborate on it. So if you haven't checked it out, it's a totally free app. You can go to uh, calvinapp.com and download it and then start making plans with your friends. And they don't need to be on the app to use it. So you can just start using it right away. And I knew, I knew you would be the benchmark, whether uh, it, when, when I know it, it hit a point that
0: it could be useful because you only have like five apps on your phone. So exactly That's the right. fact that uh,
1: Calvin has the honor of being one of the five is uh, really truly an honor. It's making the cut. (laughs) So, um, all right, everybody, that's all we got for this week. Uh, Enjoy the interview with Catherine and check out her new journal, if that so suits you. And we will be back next week. And the interview is going to be with none other than Vern Harnish, the growth guy, the leader of Gazelles. So have a great week, everyone. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life. So you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how less doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my less doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Catherine Lavery, who is the co-founder of Best Self and creator of the Best Self Journal. So Catherine, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Great to be here. So which came first, Little Might or the Best Self Journal?
2: The Self Journal. Little Might is just my personal blog where I write about things that I learn as I go along in business.
1: Okay. So how did the idea for the, well, what is the Self Journal, first of all, tell everybody.
2: The self journal is a thirteen week goal planner essentially. So like most planners, it's you know, you buy a planner at a store, it's a year long, but our focus is on setting a goal at the start of the journal and then every day you're taking action towards that goal and every, you know, week you're reflecting on it. So it basically takes a bunch of principles I've learned over the past two years when things you know weren't going so well and I felt busy every day, but I wasn't getting anywhere. So I sort of just started learning what works for people and, you know, put it into a framework for the journal.
1: Does it sort of lay out a way for attacking the goal or it just helps you try to break it down into those manageable steps?
2: It's a way to teaching you how to break it down into, you know, both tracking your performance and tracking that you're actually performing at the you know pace that you need to to hit that goal. And then also how do you break down these, you know, goal. You know, performance tracking things into daily tasks, and then those are the things that you are actually putting into your planner.
1: And does this sort of push you towards, or do you recommend that people focus on one sort of main goal for that that three month period, or for a uh, four month period? No, three month period. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I think that you should really have one focus because I mean, I used to have a few different focuses. I mean, you can have a business focus and a you know personal focus. Maybe it's like a fitness goal you have for your personal goal and then you know a business goal for your business side of things which is fine but if you're trying to work on two separate completely different business goals in a 3 month period then you know your focus is split and so you're not going to get most likely unless you're a superhuman get where you need to go in those 13 weeks and you know it's it's a short enough time that you can see the end in sight so it's not again like a year long thing where You can only do one goal a year. It's three months. You hit that goal and then you set the next goal. So I guess if you had two goals, you should, you know, prioritize what's going to make the biggest difference right now.
1: So what goal are you currently working on for yourself, for your business?
2: Uh, So right now I I have a personal goal for my blog to hit 4,000 subscribers in the next 13 weeks. But to go back to when we launched the self journal, we actually set up the goal, you know for that. So it was, we're going to launch our Kickstarter on this day and hit 200K in funding. So because we set that three month goal, it was like, okay, what do we need to do to get it to that point? Which one of the things was build an email list of 2,500 people so that we have a list to launch to so that we can get that initial funding. So that was, you know, and then it was like, okay, how many blog posts do we have to do in that time? And how does that go into our planner? Do we do, you know, a giveaway to get email subscribers, so it was taking that huge goal and then breaking it down into three goals. That um, you know, the email list, getting the prototype, you know, finalized, and then actually getting all the assets for Kickstarter, uh, and then breaking those down into the actual like daily tasks that we had to do. And
1: and so now, I, this may seem like a like a nitpicky question, but so what happens if you meet your goal after? eight weeks or you're really really close at you know the 12 or 13 weeks and and you just need like another two weeks like what does that do to the overall process
2: for the overall process pretty much just keep doing the same thing you're doing it depends what your goal is essentially but say it was like an email list then you're just going to get more subscribers but for the most part if you can hit your goal you know much earlier it's either you're doing much more than you planned or your goal wasn't actually high enough or you know High enough to begin with, because you underestimated what you could actually achieve. So you can just go back and tweak the goal, either and you know, start another goal and do the last month on another goal, and then, or you could just make the goal even higher than you initially thought.
1: That's the thing for me is like what, with what one of my issues with goal setting is it it's if it's like obviously you want it to be something measurable, and you know as you said the the time period makes it so it's like the end is in sight, but it's also about picking the right goal, right? That, that sort of fits in that framework because you could have much, much like larger goals and, you know, very immediate goals. So the, the the selection process for the goal itself, I find a little bit challenging personally.
2: One of the things that, because you can pick, you know, something that's either not a priority. So you can, I have a few things that I would like, but so at the start of the journal, where you have, where you commit to the goal. So it's like, okay, you know, if your goal is like make more money or or I want to make $100,000, that's not really, um, there's no like passion in it. So it's like, why do you want to do that? So once you figure out, okay, I I want to make $100,000 so that my wife can quit her job and be home with the kids, it's like, what's going to make the biggest change for you right now? And then just like having that connection to your real life and how it's actually going to matter to you, I think makes a difference because it's not just this, you know, random business goal, it's like, how is that actually going to affect your life for the good? And I think just going through that is a, you know, is a big thing because I've set goals in the past where I didn't know why I was doing it. And so, you know, six weeks in when things get a little tough and you're not seeing the results that you want, if you don't know why you're doing it, then you might just drop off.
1: So, and what, what are the pages of the journal kind of look like?
2: Uh, so the daily pages, you have the timeline for the day. So every day you set, you write your goal. So it's like every day you're aware of what you're working towards. Then you set your targets for the day. So three targets of what you want to achieve that day. Um, you've got the timeline of how you're going to break down your day. So as soon as you set your targets for the day, like time, put them in your day, put any calls that you have, put any meetings you have, and make sure that the stuff that you actually want to do is scheduled. So if you want to go to the gym, put that in if you want to whatever you want to do if you don't schedule it then you won't do it so that and then we have the section for morning gratitude so we have sort of a morning routine where you write your goal you write your um, gratitude statements you set your target for the day then you, you know the timeline for the day and then at the end of the day you have like your wins so what did you actually accomplish that day um, because myself I used to you know I'd write this like endless to-do list and then At the end of the day, you know, it was impossible that I was going to get it done anyway, because it was way too much stuff. But I would just look at the things that I didn't achieve rather than all the things I did achieve. So it's just, you know, taking a step back and seeing what you actually got done. And then, you know, what lessons you learned of the day, and then just the evening gratitude. So that's just the daily pages. And then every week you reflect on you know, your habits, tracking them. Are you going to the gym? Are you doing whatever it is that you want to do? So I have a habit right now where I'm trying to write a thousand words a day. So I track that. Um, and then reflecting on what I actually did that week to help me get to my goal. And then we have, you know, just random, not random blank pages for notes. And, uh, that's pretty much it.
1: If, it, if it's not too invasive, would, would you, would you be willing to share a couple highlights from like today's page for you or yesterday's page?
2: Uh, sure. So, um, the call with Aries on here,
1: uh, (laughs) as what, it's just like part of what you're going to get done today or.
2: Oh, it was in my timeline for the day. So Uh whenever I put in what I was going to achieve, I I put in my file. So,
1: and you filled this out this morning.
2: Uh, yep. So this morning I was grateful for the warmth and coziness of my office. My virtual assistant did a bunch of really good stuff when I woke up this morning and the watching the Golden Globes last night was like relaxing for me because I took some time off so then this morning I was just I wrote a blog post uh, I posted on Medium I filled out uh, some I had breakfast then I did some uh, design work for the another product we have in mind for Best Self and Gym uh, and that's where I am so far
1: Okay. Well, that's cool. Okay. And then, so you have one journal per goal basically, right? Yeah. So it doesn't continue for the year. It's just, it's like, it's, a, it's, you do it and then you move on to the next journal and you start fresh.
2: Yeah. So it's, th- it's three months, right? So we, it comes actually, it comes in like a, a box that we designed. So we actually want you to write and there's space on the side of it where you write the goal. Cause essentially I would like it to be like a library. Of, yeah. where it's like, okay, this, it's like a, a physical representation of my goal, which um, I think is kind of cool. And then you can look back on it.
1: No, that's really that's really awesome. Uh, I mean, maybe at some point you'll have a process for you know reviewing the years past of your of your of your self journals.
2: Yeah. So you look at a year instead of you know that you have one planner. You look at your bookshelf, and you have these four boxes with your goals written on each one. And I think just seeing that, you're like, you know, it's like, what did I actually get done? You know, we just got into a new year you can look you know new year's eve or whatever if you're reflecting on the year you know you look at your bookshelf and you see these four things like oh wow i did these hit these four goals this year and i mean how many people set a new year's resolution that they forget about in like a month
1: yeah no absolutely so you do this in the morning right you do this in the morning
2: yeah i do it in the morning and i sort of have it on my desk throughout the day and then in the evening i sort of check in on myself and see uh, where i'm at
1: so but so you wouldn't do this like the night before for example like cuz you know some people like to plan their days ahead you know the night before for so this this is really like you get up you do this and then that's and you, and you go
2: I actually do plan I plan the t- targets for the day the day before sometimes if I know what I need to get done the next day I don't think that's an issue so I just look at it in the morning to you know remember what I put down the day before and then I'll still put in my you know my morning gratitude and then I I write my goal out again but you can put it in the day before because I also do that sometimes
1: gotcha yeah and that's sort of what I do actually I don't write it out per se but I do look at the day ahead from the night before because my all like for instance my schedule is pretty much filled externally by people using my schedule once page to, to plan things so sometimes I'll have things that are a month or even two months in advance that I, I don't even know about them a lot until the day before and then I can start getting that mindset so that that I was just curious about that so well what's next I mean what's is this going to become an app or something you know what's what's the next sort of step
2: uh, we've thought about an app but we have to figure out what that looks like because we don't want to just take a physical thing and make it into a digital version we have to see you know what well, makes sense from a user you know, point of view that would be helpful for them. So we're thinking about it. We also have like a few other small products that are going to go along, you know, complement the journal. So we have like a custom fit leather cover that we came up with, um, with some guys in Austin. So it's more, what is the things that are going to complement. And we don't want to rush out and start creating more products. We want to see like what people tell us that they want and, um, Just sort of survey and talk to the people that have backed because, you know, we have a pretty substantial number of backers or supporters at this point. So um, we're going to figure out what the next step is.
1: Uh, okay, so now the last question that I like to ask on these interviews is, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? You know, and, and I'm I'm interested in your response since your journal basically pulls in gratitude, journaling, planning, like goal setting. I'd love to hear what you what your recommendations are.
2: I think for each thing that you do, um, this is one of the biggest things I learned is when I look at my to do list, it's okay, how is this actually getting me to, to the point that I want to be at? Because once I started asking me myself that question, even before the journal, it's like, how does this relate to where I want to be? And if it doesn't at all, then, you know, why is it on my list? So every, I actually just wrote about this. I, every Sunday I, I write out, like I basically just download everything in my brain, um, into one document. And then I prioritize the activities as far as, you know, one is obviously the highest leverage for me to do. And so I will schedule those things, but I also go a little step further where I I know what's energizing for me. So it's like design, writing, and that sort of things. And I know the things that are like draining from my energy. And so I'll sort of schedule my number one priorities in in where it falls on my energy level. So I'll probably do the most draining thing first thing in the morning when my willpower is the highest. And then after the lunch, front, I right? do... yeah. And then after lunch, when, you know, I'm a little, I'm trying to get back into it, I'll do something energizing. So that's, it's like track, not managing your time or like managing your energy so that you're not, you know, an empty shell at the end of the day. So that's probably one of the biggest things I learned. And then the last thing would just be taking a step back and looking at what you have achieved. Because especially in this field, you see people ahead of you and you're like, how did I get there? But you don't actually take a step back and see, okay, this is what I've achieved in the past year. And I n- not need to stop thinking about what I don't have yet, because then you're always going to be looking for something. And you're never going to appreciate the things that you have done and the things that you have.
1: That's, uh, that's pretty deep. So and those are great. Thank you. Um, so where can people? Uh, is it available yet? I know you the, re, the Kickstarter campaign was fairly recent, but can people get it?
2: Yeah, it's a, we just launched our Shopify store just last week. So um, you can go to bestself.co and that is where you can get the journal and it will be shipped out within 24 hours.
1: Okay, and then, and then littlemite.com is your blog, which is great, by the way.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, basically as I learn things, I'll, I'll write about it.
1: Yeah, so well, Catherine, thank you so much for your time. It's been great speaking and I hope that people get the self journal and check it out and start setting some really great goals that they can actually achieve.
2: Thanks, Ari. Great to be here.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast.
0: If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird.
2: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.